Hello, and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Adam Beagle, and I am your host for this episode. I'm joined once again by, by my brother, Stephen, while Luke is taking some time off. How are you doing tonight, Stephen? Doing really well. Um, I am both excited and uh, whatever the opposite of uh, excited is for <laughs> our topics tonight, but majority excited. Yeah, we've got kind of kind of polar opposite stuff in terms of topics this week, because we are going to be talking about our essentially just giving our thoughts on that recent Activision Blizzard dumpster fire that's happening right now. Uh, we're going to give our reactions to the EA Play Live event from yesterday. And we're going to talk a lot about the games that we've been playing. Uh, one in particular in particular that we've both been playing a lot of. And then uh, I have a few other games that I can I can throw in there as well that I'm uh, that I do want to talk about, too. So lots to go over. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we get started with that, we do want to remind you that Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast. Just as a heads up, it may be a little bit less frequent than every week just because of things going on. Luke's taking some time off. Uh, I have a baby on the way next week, so that's going to probably put me out for a couple weeks at least. So unless you end up keep it, keep going by yourself or you can get Luke to uh, to jump in with you, then, um, you know, it Episodes might be a little bit more infrequent than that, but we will get back to the weekly schedule uh, just as soon if, as if possible. If I may speak on that. So <clears throat> that's right. So Luke Luke and Adam are going to be taking some time off. I do have it in my agenda um, to put aside my uh, TikTok production um, to kind of pick up with Games Are Fun content. I plan on continuing with an episode next week. Um, and then potentially, depending on how uh, Adam and Luke's schedules and their time off needed uh, keeps going, I may have guests come in and appear with me on the show. Uh, so that way, it's just not my talking head at you all the time. Awesome. There you go. Sounds good. So Games Are Fun content is going to continue to roll on. I look forward to uh, to being a listener to those as they, they come out. And I'll be on as often as I can, too. Just uh, going to depend on how quickly we get acclimated and all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. But definitely next week, I don't think I'll be a part in that. But we'll see how things go, uh, you know, forward from there. So, uh, But anyway, so uh, each week we do get together. We talk about video game news, trending industry topics. We talk about the games we've been playing all the all the fun stuff, sometimes not so fun stuff like we'll have here in a little bit. Uh, the podcast is available on your favorite podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice and enjoy. If you still want to watch the video version of the shows, we do record uh, we do record video to go along with the the audio. Uh, occasionally, we do run live versions we were planning on running this live uh today's episode but ran into some technical issues trying to do the stream and so this is going to have just video on youtube and audio on podcast platforms so you can get this video version on youtube if you go over to games are fun podcast you uh, just search for us by games are fun podcast on youtube you can find our channel there we um we really appreciate the support you give over there so any likes comments, subscriptions would really go a long way to helping us out and uh, extending our reach a little bit on YouTube. So would much appreciate that. Also, don't forget to check out our latest version or latest episode rather of Level Grinders, where Steven and I discuss the Mass Effect trilogy. 
and we decided to run that following the release of the Legendary Edition that you played through. So uh, we had a lot of thoughts on the entire trilogy. We go pretty in-depth on a lot of a lot of stuff relating to that trilogy. It was a really fun episode. Definitely recommend checking that out again. Uh, search Level Grinders on your favorite podcast service or go to the Games Are Fun podcast YouTube channel and you can get the video version of it there. Alrighty, so let's uh, just jump right into our first topic here. So this one, I, I put it in here first because it's one, it's the most important and uh, two, figure we get sort of the um, the the unpleasant stuff out of the way here. So just to kind of give a little bit of background into the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, uh, essentially what's happening is California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a suit against Activision Blizzard in California's Supreme Court after a two-year investigation into the company revealed discrimination against women generally and, and pregnant employees, sexual harassment, retaliation, unequal pay. Uh, someone, uh, there was uh, part of that was that there was a suicide from someone within the company while they were under the management of one of the, the executive staff. So uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. It's just, we actually had an episode, what, a month or two ago where me, you, and Luke were talking about our, uh, what was it, pet peeves in in gaming or something to that, turnoffs in gaming. Mm-hmm. And I think it was you that had brought up toxic masculinity in gaming. And we see here that it doesn't just go, yes, this, this it's a gaming company, but it goes beyond like the streamer, YouTuber, um, you know, uh, sort of obsessions and, you know, uh, Putting putting down those people, making them feel bad, stalking in some cases, harassment, uh, and it does go into workplaces. So Activision Blizzard is it's a it's a company, it's a business, and within that business was a very bro or frat boy mentality that was very toxic to the women that were working there, women and minorities, I believe, and and again all those things that that we just kind of listed off that just you know it, it's tragic and something you hate to see and. And, you know, we're in 2021 and this is the kind of thing that that's happening. Like people can't feel safe in their workplace because of their their gender or uh, their color, their skin, things like that. And and it's it wasn't just one or two people that from what I understand, this was a pretty widespread voicing of employees. And I think maybe former employees too, going back decades for like working for this company. So it's been a long time standing that this is not a great place to work if you're if you're a woman. So uh why don't you go ahead and, and talk a little bit about what you think there? Sure. The court document itself is pretty scalding. The investigation mm-hmm. that they did, you're right, it's it's gone back years. Um back to my childhood whenever I was gaming gaming and and these things were going on. Uh even during the StarCraft and Warcraft RTS. Uh, era of things um it's been you know the document has a lot of triggering things if you haven't read it yet um just bear that in mind whenever it comes to uh what you're going to find in there it's not pleasant and the other thing that's yeah the other thing that's happening right now too is on social media there's a lot of um people coming out and finally discussing their own stories as well corroborating the information that's been gathered over the last two years and you know it's it's um pretty much at this point we're at a uh this whole court thing is 
is is pretty much just a formality, given the evidence that has been stacked up against uh, the executives over there at Blizzard. And you know, it's um the the just the I, I'm trying not to get angry. This is this is a topic that gets me very upset. I got upset on my stream today too, um, <clears throat> and kind of broke character a bit because the the way that this is um it. it the tragedy for those who were affected to the victims uh, and their lives, um, and also the effects that this is going to run on content creators. It's going to affect uh, fans of Blizzard, and you can already see the the ripples of that occurring right now. Me, among others, have uh, pretty much looked at our our Blizzard game collection and 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 deleted it, and never going to touch it again, sort of thing. Um, they also, the other thing that really just kind of puts the nail in the coffin, uh, beyond that is, is their official statement was just, oh, it was a, garbage. It was, it was complete hot trash. It was a jargon filled corporate, you know, slinging around of terms that don't even address the situation that's been brought to light, um, claiming diversity and inclusion and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like they're trying to they're trying to rope in these social terms for themselves as if that's going to be armor for them to fool people. And we're not fooled, Blizzard. Like, we're not fooled. You have run a company with the most tragic and and being the worst people possible um, and treating people like trash. And it's just not, it's not cool. It's not cool at all. And it, you know, the, the one thing that I mentioned today on stream is I looked at one of my favorite games of all time, Starcraft on my desktop, because it's still installed to this day. I still dabble. And looking at that game just made me sick to my stomach after all this. And I know that this is a, a similar situation that's spread through a lot of, through a lot of gaming fans um and they owe i don't want their i don't want their explanations i don't want their i'm sorry's they owe reparations and people deserve to go to jail and people deserve to be fired um while 100%. some are yeah while some are not you know um while some were not directly involved in situations we know they knew about them. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to, you can't hide that fact that it, that up to the highest levels, people knew that these things were going on. And the worst thing that would happen to those that were involved is a slap on the wrist and a conversation and a counseling. Uh, and having worked in the corporate world myself, I know exactly what a sit down counseling is. It's literally, Hey, you're not going to do this thing anymore. Here's a little piece of paper to say that we talked about this mm -hmm. on your way. Good, sir. Right. So it's, it's like, we know we're not dumb. Fire people, get people charged criminally. It yeah. has to happen. Yeah. I'm gonna, I want to go back a little bit to, to what you said about their, the, the official statement that they released after this all came to light. And this was the thing that, that kind of triggered me a little bit too, is that the first words of the statement are we value diversity and i'm like this is the biggest line of bs i've ever heard because if you value diversity this wouldn't be a problem yep. there none of these things would be an issue people wouldn't be coming out and saying all these things about harassment unequal pay and you know so on and so forth the discrimination all that sort of stuff and it's 
uh, clearly that's that's not the case. These things exist within the company and you're trying to turn a blind eye to it and you're doing that by putting out just a casual bland statement that literally any company would put out in this like in in this thing is just we value diversity. No you don't. If you value diversity, you're going to clean house. You're going to get rid of the people that are responsible for these actions. You're going to hold them accountable. You're going to make an example out of them and you're going to start promoting people in that company that have been working their asses off, being excellent to one another in the workplace. The ones that clearly do value diversity, value their their jobs within the company and aren't going to tolerate stuff like this. That's what ultimately needs to happen. But based on what we've seen from this statement, I I just, I don't think that's going to happen. It, it, okay. There's a lawsuit. So some people are going to get paid out and that's going to be the end of it. Um, I really don't think there's going to be any, any action taken against and And then it's just going to continue or maybe they're just more discreet about it. They're going to find ways or they're going to, they're going to bully people and they say retaliation is not a problem, but retaliation was one, like, you know, they say they're open door policies, no retaliation, but some of the things that were mentioned are people felt retaliated against. So it's it's a total contradict. Your statement is a total contradiction to everything that's just been said and brought out. And it's absolute an absolute nightmare. So I actually found an article from. Uh, well, let's see where my PC gamer where apparently this is very divisive, too. So uh, Stephen Mesner is is writing in this article there's you know a few few execs that are saying i'm appalled by this this behavior is not acceptable i i don't know i didn't see any names of of people that were being called out for for misconduct or anything so i don't know if those execs necessarily were involved in any of that however one thing caught my eye is that they where is it um let's see activision blizzard executive Another Activision Blizzard executive sent an internal email with a very different tone. In her email, Fran Townsend, who's Activision Blizzard's chief compliance officer, immediately attacked the lawsuit, saying it presented a distorted and untrue picture of Activision Blizzard, including factually incorrect old and out-of-context stories, some from more than a decade ago. Uh, there, There was also a quote from her that says, I was certain that I was joining a company where I would be valued, treated with respect, and provided opportunities equal to those afforded to to the men of the company. For me, this has been true during my time. So this is a female executive within the company who is squashing what these other female other women are saying. Right. And like, how can you do like like how can you do them that way? You need to be on their side. You need to be, you know. And obviously, for her, she's an executive. People aren't gonna bully her the way they are with people that are lower in the chain, obviously. So for her, she could have the best experience in the world, but that does, that is not equivalent to what people are experiencing down further. And it's just, it it feels totally tone deaf and just awful and gross. And that's, that's exactly what it is. It's tone deaf and disconnected. She did not have the same experience as some other people. That's it. Like that's all your statement tells me is I didn't have the same experience as what they did. Well then you need to listen to what your subordinates are running into in in your company. 
because while you may not have seen this because you may not have had to make the climb up to the top you, you know maybe it was a one-to-one -one. i don't know her history but like stop and listen you know yeah sure it was from a decade ago that just goes to show you how deep this culture is and for you to discount the everything you know what's in the document what's coming out from employees and former employees on social medias if you're going to try and discount that stuff that just shows that you're wholly and truly disconnected from the situation yeah. and either somebody was hiding it from you or you were being blind to it one of the two things yeah. so and in my I, opinion complicit complicit yeah <laughs> and i mean the other thing too is like this is what 24 hours maybe a few maybe a few more since this all came out it's like did you did you take any time to talk to these people that are are coming out with these accusations have you taken any time to investigate like how much do you really know you're coming out 24 hours after the fact and just saying this is completely unfounded like how do you how do you know like mm -hmm. because you've worked there what did it say she's it, this is the other funny part too uh, Townsend, who has only been at the company for four months, four months, she hasn't she hasn't been there. She doesn't know. She has no idea what that company has been like for years, years prior. No yeah. idea. Everything that she's seen at this point, if she's visited the offices and talked with the line workers and everything, everything that she's seen is the dog and pony show where the supervisors tell their subordinates, listen, you better you better keep everything under wraps your job's on the line if you don't keep everything under wraps and show the best face that we possibly can here all the while whenever she's not around this stuff is happening and you know it's happening like to to look at all the information being presented to you and then come up with a statement like this like you're just you're just being blind you're trying to save the company's face and mm -hmm. it's not helping we're not idiots like i said blizzard <laughs> we're not dumb we're not buying this <clears throat> fran townsend you are a disgrace you should be ashamed of yourself uh, Talk to your employees. Yep. Other execs in the company that treated your employees like garbage, you are a disgrace. Be better. What a mess. Yep. And those of you directly involved, go to jail. Yep. Go to jail. Yep. Do not pass go. Oh, yep. it makes my blood boil. <laughs> it really does. I, 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 I discuss. And, and the reason such anger comes from this and I don't know. I don't know how Kelly deals with it at the schools, but I know that with Alicia and her uh, former work history, we've got friends that are still in the restaurant business. She was in the restaurant business. This is something that's pervasive among uh, many industries. We've been a, like we as a family have been affected by this person by this type of stuff personally. And I was angry when she was going with it, hearing the stories about a abusive and harassing boss and. It's just, it's infuriating that it goes so long. And the one thing that really nails home that the company is not there. So whenever they go to HR and they're trying to make their case that this, these bad things are happening, they get some help and stuff. HR is not there to help them. HR is never there to help. HR, where Alicia used to work, literally investigated a guy twice, kept him in, kept him in his position. And then whenever it did come time that something finally was so scalding and in face about it, they let him retire. They didn't fire him. They didn't let him mar his record. Like these are people that do not deserve to be in charge of other individuals. They don't. They're terrible leaders and they've got a terrible, they've got a terrible sense on how things work in the world. And 
that's what HR does. That's what HR does in these situations is they protect the company in that sort of way to make sure that it doesn't get out, that these things are happening, you know, and it's just like, end it, end this business because it's everywhere. And, you know, it's time to call people out and get them out. It's time to get them out. It's 2021. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of, sort of thing just doesn't, and it, I mean, it never should have flew, you know, flew to begin with, but it, it absolutely should not fly now. And, and again, this isn't limited to, to gaming. Again, this is a gaming company and, and this isn't the first time we've heard stuff like this from gaming companies, but this is just companies as, as a whole, this isn't limited to any genre, right? This is just corporate BS in a nutshell. And it, this, it just so happens to come to light in, in a company that is something we all, we share an interest in the people that are listening to this share an interest in. And, and it's gaming and it's things that we love and it's things that we, we play. Like you were saying, Starcraft being uh, a, a childhood memory, you know, think of all the wow players, right? Imagine how, yeah. how absolutely like disgusted and, and let down the majority of wow players must feel right now. Um, and, and not only that, but the people that work there that maybe weren't involved with any of this or weren't victims of any of this that have to deal with the backlash. Right. So don't, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be assumed that if someone works for our Activision Blizzard that they were part of this, right? Uh, we still need to treat people as human beings. We shouldn't be trying to cancel people that we don't know were part of the problem. Instead, we just need to be part of the solution and we need to promote and, and uh, you know, put spotlights on people that are part of the solution and get rid of the people that are the problem. Get rid of them. Put them in jail. Lock them up. Fire. Exactly. The other thing too is um, content creators and you know people on the outskirts of this do not deserve to be attacked or or anything in this regard. So right. if you're if you're seeing that there's somebody that's still streaming WoW or still streaming Overwatch or something along those lines, like that's their game, they're playing it. They probably understand and have been hurt by this situation just as much as what any of the others have. Um, yeah, so uh, content creators and things along those lines that, you know, WoW or Overwatch or uh, what's another one? League of Legends, whatever, whatever it is that they're playing, that they're content creating around whenever it comes to this, they do not deserve the ire or disrespect whenever it comes to this situation. They're not the ones that are responsible for it. They didn't implement any of these behaviors. Um, it is solely on those leaders within Blizzard, and we need to allow the, um, the justice to run its course. We need to allow this, this situation, this, this lawsuit to, to run its course and hopefully see something from the leadership along the lines of we're going to work with these investigators and we're going to fire those responsible and you know get criminal charges out for those who were implementing these practices so that's that's what we need to look at um anybody on the outskirts of this through the games themselves um the low the low line employee or the line employees the ones who are working on these games um, the people who have worked so hard to get into the position that they are at Blizzard, um, you know, moving families across countries or, or, uh, you know, doing that grind 
who weren't responsible for this, who weren't who weren't in the situation, they don't deserve to be mistreated. We need to be looking at what the um you know, we need to be looking at what what the what the investigation came out with, who we've got to hold accountable there and hopefully have the blizzard leadership make some good decisions over the course of the next couple of days because that's really what's going to save face for them the most not these stupid corporate letters that they're sending out to make us seem like we're dumb that's not what's going to do it yeah the nerve to think that that statement was enough to just put everyone in a, oh, oh you value diversity okay perfect that's all we yeah. needed in, and come on get you, out of here you got the you got the catchphrase <laughs> great <laughs> Let me reinstall Battle.net right now. <laughs> Guys, did you hear they do value diversity? We're good. We're good. <laughs> they said it. it's in this letter. Right? <laughs> it's got to be true. It's on the internet now. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, definitely a a low light in, in the, the field of gaming right now. Um, on the flip side of that, EA just had their EA Play Live event where they showcased some some games, uh, announcements, uh, things of that nature, giving away some prizes when in their EA Play Live event that that aired yesterday. And uh, shout out to Xavier Woods, he crushed it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that excellent host, loved it. <laughs> uh, but just to kind of run through some of the announcements that were that were aired yesterday in that event uh I do have from Eurogamer written by Wesley Yinpool just to kind of run through things uh let's see there was Grid Legends which is a uh, new game from Codemasters which is a live action story driven racing game seems actually kind of interesting in terms of like the story that they put in there because I thought like I thought at first they were doing like these these interviews right and I thought they were real racers and then I find out and they they kind of show clips of like the additional drama that unfolds between them and actually kind of interesting I'm not a huge racer I probably won't play it but uh it I guess it's kind of neat seeing a different take on on racing and and car driving games Right. It's not just hopping into the car anymore and running special events across the map. Like you've got yourself a narrative that's going to go along with this. Um, uh, Akin to, and they mentioned this in the article too, Command and Conquer, right? So Command and Conquer wasn't just an RTS. It had this live action actor play going on. Uh, Hopefully this is a little less cheesy than that. Oh no, give the cheese. Like that's what we (laughs) live for with Command and Conquer, right? So like, uh, it looks like it's going to have those moments of cheesiness, but it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool little mix of narrative-driven racing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what race fans, uh, race genre fans, feel about it and what they're gonna what they're gonna think when they get their hands on it. It looks nice. It does. Yeah, it looks it looks really nice. Um, I was I was actually watching the kind of funny crew like their reactions to it live and. Uh, one of the comments was, if you told me this was real, I'd believe you like during mm-hmm. the, the racing segments. I'm like, yeah, kind of like it. Yeah. It looks pretty realistic. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to them for making it just look absolutely uh, gorgeous. Uh, so next there was Lost in Random, which uh, is described as gothic fairy tale inspired action adventure from Swedish game studio Zoink, uh, which is coming out. September 10th. 
it, it looked pretty interesting. I was a little confused as to what kind of game this is because it does, it sort of looks like a, you know, parts of it sort of look like a, maybe like action platformer. And then there was seemed to be some deck building elements to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what this is. I mean, they just call it action adventure, but I there's, there's more to it than that. Uh, story-wise and aesthetic, I think it looks really nice. Um, yeah. I, I think it'd be pretty interesting to play. The deck building stuff kind of turns me off a little bit. Um, any any thoughts? Is this something that you'll end up playing at all, do you think? So very Nightmare Before Christmassy totally. in the way that yep. this one looks. And the the element that caught my mind is this is this little die that follows the character around and how there seems to be sort of maybe like a randomness to it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I'll be playing it. It doesn't seem like something. I mean, if it's a Game Pass thing with it being EA, there's mm-hmm. a really good chance it may become in the Game Pass. Yep. I may pick it up and maybe give it a try through that. But um, usually card games really shut me down. I, I'm not a I'm not a big fan on the on the deck building side of things, but mm-hmm. um, it's cute. It's cool looking. Yep. And I think it's, again, another very interesting take on a on an adventure genre. And like I said, it's got that really neat nightmare before christmas yeah uh very tim burton uh, tim burton look to it yeah. yeah yep uh next there was season two of knockout city which features a new map which changes throughout the the course of the game it's called hollowwood drive-in and all of the the, the parts of the map that change are based around different themes in you know things that you would see in like hollywood movies there's a new ball type it's you know some kind of Looks like a, a big fat shaken up bottle of soda. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's new playlist gear and rewards. Uh, yeah, I think some new skins in there. Uh, that actually comes out July 27th, so it's coming pretty soon. I know you played you played this a bit, right? I did. You, you enjoyed it. It's a lot it? of fun. Yeah, it's it's a f- really fun game, and playing with randos was okay. You know, it's still fun playing with randos, but it's it's what it's like Rocket League. Like you want to play mm-hmm. with friends. Mm-hmm. And since nobody really kind of picked it up and started playing or anything like that, I kind of fell off of it. But it was a blast. Like, it's a really cool game. I love the I love the battles, uh, all the different ball types, kind of the mixing up of um, uh, how you basically get a ball per match. So like one of them will show up per match and it's kind of pervasive throughout the battle. Um, and then each match you get a different one, those sort of things. So like you get a bomb ball the one time or you get a sniper ball the next. Uh, in this case, it's this new soda pop ball. Um, will I get back into it with the new season? Maybe just to see what the new levels are going to be like. Because um, all the levels are very well built to it. It's a lot of fun to play them. Um, you know, little little alleyways or corridors. Or um, there's one that takes place in a construction site that there's just all these little places to kind of jump into and out of to get the upper hands different techniques of throwing the ball and things like that. Like it's, it's super dodgeball from the Nintendo (laughs) brought into the 21st century. And it's a lot of fun to play. I just wish I had some friends to play with. That's all. So if you've got it, let me know in the discord and let's, let's get this thing started. Let's play some knockout city. There you go. We do have a squad up channel in the discord. So not just knockout city, but any other games that are multiplayer, you want to play with some friends, you can always hit us up in there and, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a pretty diverse group of people in there, pretty diverse, you know, um, 
you know, pretty diverse in the games that we play. So I'm sure if there's something you want to play, there's someone that wants to play it with you. Uh, next up was an Apex Legends update. Uh, Apex Legends Emergence, which uh, launches August 3rd. And I, I don't know if how much is being done in there, but they did announce a new character called Seer. And uh, yeah, it looked like a pretty cool character. Really liked the, uh, the 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 trailer that they gave to it was very cinematic, and it, it was it was fun to watch. It was entertaining. And it, again, I'm not really an Apex guy. I'm not really a shooter guy, but it looks cool for those that are into Apex. I think this will be very interesting for them, especially with the new Definitely. character. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was often looking at the because I was kind of in the middle of stream. I was just keeping an eye on EA at the time. Um, and I remember looking back and forth like, what is, what is this that they're showing? Like, this looks really, really interesting. What's what's <laughs> happening right here? This guy looks like Kung Lao. Like, right. Are, yeah. With are, the hat. <laughs> what are we doing right now? And then I saw that it was an apex after the fact. And it's like, OK, like, cool. Let's keep this alive. I, there's a lot of people that play it and get a nice new fresh look to things. It's like maybe a new level too. It's mm -hmm. kind of what they're aiming for. But yeah. um, I did play Apex for a little bit. I uh, gave it a couple weeks. Um, yeah, me too. Battle Royale. So yep. it wasn't my kick. But as far as Battle yeah. Royales go, I'd say that this one is actually up there as one of my favorites. Not that I, yeah. I play them actively, but I would say that was probably the most fun I've had in a Battle Royale was in Apex. Mm -hmm. So if I were to get back into one, it would probably also be apex so yeah uh let's see we also had battlefield 2042 there was uh, some additional information i actually kind of tuned out on that a little bit so i don't know what all was mentioned uh let's see they so let's you mash up parts of battlefield 1942 battlefield bad company 2 and battlefield 3 in custom maps so i think the one thing i do remember seeing this is that there's custom game modes uh, like there was one where it was like one tank versus what was it like a bunch of like, uh, I don't know, anti-tank bots or something. Yeah. So they're um, called portal is what this is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a map builder, battle builder. So from all these different, from all these different maps, from all the different battlefield games, you're able to take the, them into basically a completely your own direction, really. So like if there's ever been something by the sounds of it, if there's ever been something that you thought of that you wanted to do in battlefield battle wise, you're going to be able to set it up here. You're going to be able to custom up your matches so that you can have, there's one that was really interesting to me is bringing in world war two fighters to battle, you know, a, a platoon of 2042 fighters so like it's like a 32 versus 12 or something like that because obviously your 2042s are a little bit more high tech versus your World War II. So you get more people facing off against a lesser squad, but with better tech. Mm. And there's also, um, you know, the uh, the possibility of setting up for shoddy snipe or heavy, like all vehicles, you know, all sorts of different things like that where you just kind of mash up this game and all of the things that it's ever had for us and kind of create your own custom custom playlist, really. And then it'll be, um, I think they're going to have it to where it's going to be like an upload thing. So like if I created some sort of game mechanic form and I wanted to share it, I could upload it to the community and they'd be able to, you know, play it and give feedback and, you know, pass it along, that sort of thing. So 
Uh, really interesting take on shooters. This is something I, you know, uh, what maybe dabbled close to this? Maybe Halo with a couple of the custom ability, customizations that you could do with it, but nothing on this level where it was like, you know, massive, massive changes in customizations that you could do with the with the game. Um, like you had like rocket, uh, rocket ATVs, you know, in in Halo and and uh, infected and things like that, which they eventually moved into their main playlist. But like, this sounds like that you're going to be able to not only do those type of things, but then also mix up how battles are going to take place. It's going to be pretty interesting, pretty interesting to see the one that I want to see come up and I may even make it myself is four snipers on each team, a four V four on a huge map. So like they, you have to actually like, perform as a sniper squad in this where it's not like a battle rush where maybe maybe one of these matches takes an hour or two just because of all the jostling and positioning that you're doing to get into a good spot and finding one another like make this a real big long drawn out kind of strategy fight between a squad of snipers that would be I, that's that would be kind of my dream mode that i thought up whenever i saw this and it sounds like it's going to be possible to be able to do it oversimplification in my mind as you say this i'm like so it's basically a squad of campers versus versus a squad of campers <laughs> exactly campers versus campers we can't even call it that mode you know oh you like camping go camp your heart out in this game yeah it's gonna be your place yeah. it is it is socially acceptable for you to camp in this game mode <laughs> exactly exactly nice and then like all tanks you like yeah. eight people on each team and just tank battle you know I know there's there's world of tanks out there for that kind of thing, but bringing in the battlefield where we can blow up stuff and <laughs> you know just there's a lot. I, I feel like that there's a lot in this portal thing in the simple presentation that they gave. I think that there's a lot that we're going to be able to do with this, and it's an interesting take on it to give the community that kind of power to see what they can come up with. Um, I think it I think it revolutionizes the way we look at shooters after this after this portal kind of takes hold and see what the community you know develops out of it yeah i agree this is this is a really good advancement in terms of in terms of shooters right because you know we've seen this rise of um battle royales and just everyone's doing a battle royale and and i i like that you know battlefield took their own approach to doing something new so they're like okay you know plenty of battle royales let's do something different and I, th I think it looks pretty cool. Like, again, I'm not a shooter guy. I don't, I kind I doubt I'll pick up battlefield, but there's the more I see on it, the more intrigued I get. And I, I look at this and I see game, like I maybe could play this and, and have a good time with it. So. Yeah. Air combat. People are going to love this. Cause it seems like you're going to be able to just drop a whole bunch of air combat stuff in and do, you know, dog fights. The one that they showed in the trailer was a, was it defibs versus knives just a full-blown melee combat nice. map so like you had medics running around with the defibrillators <laughs> just shocking people and and of course the the guys with the knives running around knifing and it was just and stabbing it was just so so interesting like all the different takes that they had on what to do with this this kind of you know personally develop your own 
I love the sound of that fight. because it, it sounds like uh like slappers only in, in yeah. Goldeneye, right? Back in the right? day you had slappers only. <laughs> so now so now you've got slappers only with sixty-four people on each team. Yeah. And it's like, let's go. Like this is what this is what we live for as <laughs> as old shooter players, you know. It's it's great stuff. Golden gun sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. But yeah pretty cool i'm excited for 2042 i really am like i after after doing the time and i'll talk a little bit more about halo toward the toward our world we're playing but after my time in halo and watching the stuff that they're coming up with for battlefield um i am ready for this game and i am gonna end up putting time into it and i'm like so excited i want to learn to fly like my first thing because i've never been able to fly in a battlefield like i'm i'm gonna put time into getting in airplanes and helicopters and getting good at it so let me ask you this. So let's say Battlefield and Halo Infinite drop like right next to each other, right on top of each other. What do you what do you do? Nightmare scenario. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping to have time with one or the other before the other one comes out. If they both came out at the same time, uh, probably Halo because I won't have to pay for it. Mm, good call. You know, um, Game Pass is going to make me make that real easy to make that choice just because I'm not going to have to throw down any cash on it. And then I can kind of just wait for Battlefield to hit Game Pass or something like that. But um, or wait till Christmas, that sort of thing. Um, That would be my take on that. I'm going to go Halo because Halo Infinite is going to be on Game Pass day one. Why not? Right. So fair enough. Yep. All right. Um, There was one more announcement here. So. They EA said ahead of time that it wasn't going to be Star Wars. It wasn't going to be Mass Effect. And apparently, so I I missed the memo. You know, people say, and and even the article says this was like the worst kept secret in gaming. I I I know there had been plenty of speculation and enough evidence pointing towards this announcement that it it seemed not only plausible but but likely. But I didn't know that it'd been like officially leaked and and that's dead space was was their last thing. And and we kind of talked about it in Discord too, is that this would have been an amazing announcement if it didn't get leaked. And and it kind of goes back, Garrett actually brought this up that it it's essentially like Resident Evil 3 remake in that state of play. What was it? Uh, you know, sometime like winter of, of 2020. It was early 2020 when there was a state of play. And that was really like the only big announcement in there. But because it had been leaked ahead of time, it was just everyone knew it was going to be there. And then there was really nothing else to make up for that announcement coming out ahead of time. And so Dead Space is kind of in that same boat. Uh, The other interesting thing about this is that it's coming out on PC, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. So it is next gen only. There's no release window. It was just a teaser teaser looked fantastic it looked really good and i understand that this is a this is a re yeah this is dead space remake so it's not a new entry into the series it's a remake which i kind of want to talk about here for a second because although it's it's nice seeing these remakes of old games like why like (laughs) i was gonna i'm kind i'm kind of remaked out at this point um you're a dead space fan right you've played through so i played the the I think I played through one and two. I never played three. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is 
I remember more of one than I remember. I think maybe I played three, but I didn't beat it. But I remember one really sticking out to me. Like that one was the one that I just remember the most. And and it was and it was a great game. Do I need it as a remake? Nah, like they could probably just do a remaster of the trilogy if they haven't done that already and put that out and that'd be fine. But then aside from that, have like a Dead Space 4 or, you know, whatever kind of spinoff you want to do within that de- Dead Space universe, I think would be totally fine. But yeah, it's aside from Final Fantasy 7 remake, like I'm kind of remaked out at this point. You know, mm-hmm. we keep it, it's kind of it's kind of the Hollywood effect, right? We keep seeing all these reimaginations of like older older movies and and stuff like that there's not a lot of new ideas coming out of hollywood we're not seeing a lot of new ideas coming out of these triple a studios which is why i think indie games are really thriving right now because they're the ones that are coming out with with the creative all the creative juices not only just in you know the the way they tell their stories but also the aesthetic and the gameplay like they're not trying to do anything world changing like they're just trying to make their vision and make it the best possible possible version of of that vision and um i'll talk a little bit about some some indie games in a little bit but and it, it just it's kind of frustrating to not see that level of passion out of out of these these triple a studios that they just want to keep sort of giving us the same thing that we we've gotten that we've already experienced. And even to the point that uh, the last of us is getting a remake. Apparently, you know, it's, it's been remastered once since it re released and now it's getting remade. Do we really need this? Like this is all anyone spending their focus on is just old games being remade. Kind of frustrating. Let's call it, we need to coin a term for it because um, you've got, I, I almost feel like it's, it's, it's people being afraid to step out and do something new, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, what was something that just kind of was off the wall the last time? When was the last time something was just kind of off the wall from what we've seen before? Because there was, like, Horizon. Mm-hmm. Horizon's good, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there was Skyrim before that and they're very very similar but yet different and i mean kind of in that same vein of like horizon but like different Uh, we could say maybe breath of the wild it would be a good time where people were kind of blown away by a change in direction from what because it's like okay it's a zelda game but it's a complete change of direction from what zelda games were previously right it was huge you could go anywhere you wanted um, it was just, you know, it was that perfect sandbox of a game and Pokemon sword and shield. Then if that's the case, if we take a look at the way classic, I don't Pokemon think that, games, I don't think that blew people's minds though. It did. It blew my mind. I'm playing Pokemon, <laughs> yeah. you know, since gen one, um, I, I get what I, you're saying, but I don't think it had the same effect on, on the overall like mass audience that they were, they were aiming for. That's true. That's but true. they did. And and they there's, still played a, it pretty safe, I would say. Like they added the wild area, which is cool, but it was still essentially your classic Pokemon gameplay. 
it prepped us for whatever Legends is going to be, I think. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. going to be our big step in a different direction from where. So, like, that sort of evolution is happening. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the Pokemon games, we had the the change in Zelda. Um, is Nintendo the only one that's innovative enough to make changes in their in their platforms? No, 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 no. And see, I have beef with Nintendo, too, because I, and it's funny because I was just talking with Kelly about this is that. When we look back at 2020, right, we uh, we've talked about this before. Many people have talked about it, but Animal Crossing was like literally the only game they sold in 2020. And granted, they broke records and they made just like fist full hand over fist. They were making cash off of selling this one game and a system. They didn't need anything else. But at the same time, when we look at it, it's like, okay, it's it's just it's another Animal Crossing. People love Animal Crossing. I love Animal Crossing. But it didn't do anything to push the series forward. It it added some quality of life stuff. It it gave you the ability to sort of terraform your island, which was great. It was it was cool, but there was very little that brings us back to that game. They have these events which now are just repeating. There's nothing really new. But the problem is, right, is that you look at games like Stardew Valley or, you know, similar these these um, you know, all these sort of slice of life games and these games, you can interact with the things that you're doing. You can farm, you can cook, you can craft. And granted, there's crafting in uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, but you you can't really interact with the things that you you create, right? You can't, oh, you can turn your TV on. Great. Big whoop. Yeah. You, can, you can place a, a foosball table, but you can't play it. You, arcade machine, but you don't really play it. It's kind of you, you build a little teacup sound effects, right? <laughs> you build a little teacup ride. You can't jump inside. You have a pool. You can't even swim in your pool. You can swim in the ocean. You can't swim in a damn pool. <laughs> like just why can't we interact with the things that we're putting on our island? Like it's it's <laughs> we're at a point where there needs to be more innovation. And and to further that point, we have Splatoon 3 coming out, which mm-hmm. there's still still a lot. That remains to be seen with Splatoon 3, but so far in just early trailers that they've shown is it looks like Splatoon 1 and 2, but it's just got a fresh coat of paint. Ha ha ha. Like, that's it. Like, what are they going to do to push that series forward? I honestly don't think they're going to do anything because they're Nintendo and they don't have to. Right. And the only thing that we really see them trying to do anything unique with is Zelda and mario and we have to kind of wait and see what metroid prime 4 brings like even even metroid dread right i can't wait for that game i'm so excited but are they really doing anything sure and i've made points like you know your early game progression is different than what it usually is but is it enough to really make it feel like it's pushing forward in in what it's doing and i just i don't know i i when i, when I saw dread what I was reminded of is, I think it was in Zero Mission, the Super Spy Zero Suit Samus portion where you're sneaking through the pirate base, right? I got a lot of vibes from that by watching Dread. I'm excited for Dread too. Like I said, I got hyped up on, mm. on Super Metroid um, recently and I'm excited to get my hands on Dread and play it. But like, we're, we're you know, progression's different, but it looks like we're rehashing the same right. thing over again, where say Metroid from the Nintendo to Super Metroid, there was a big change. In oh, the yeah. Way things were going mm-hmm. right. So what did 
what's going to be our change from zero mission to dread? What's going to be what's going to be that adjustment to um, move the series forward? Even though I guess rumor mill has it that this is the last two D that they're making. No, really? so this is the last in in this particular story arc. So oh, this this okay. arc of Samus and I assume you know space pirates, Mother Brain, um, just. So I think there's going to be new stories to tell. In fact, I think they even said it's not the last Metroid game. It's just mm-hmm. the final story in this arc. So conscious that they're pulling a Final Fantasy 14 situation. I like it. I like <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Basically that. Yep. That's good. So back to Dead Space, since that's where we're right. at, and we got right. on this tangent. Yeah. Is there something? Is there something quality of life that would? turn you on on this game if they did some sort of quality of life adjustment you played dead space one and there was something in it that you were just like ah oh, man this could be better and next gen can give that to me what's going to be that one qol that's gonna that's gonna change your opinion on? so it's honestly it's been a long time since i played it i think the best people to ask this question to would be those that have played resident evil 2 remake because i think that is the closest comparison one you know and i think that's the comparison that many people are making is that this is the re2 remake of dead space so i'm sure there's plenty of quality of life improvements i'm sure you know there there's probably going to be an expanding story there there's going to be more more lore more context um but honestly like i don't know i don't know what they could do to to necessarily make it better Gotcha. I'm sure there, we, they'll find a way to do it. I'm sure it'll be great. Do we springboard into a Dead Space 4 after this? Like how Mass Effect Legendary Edition is moving us into Mass Effect 4? You know, I'm going to say no. Um, okay. If anything, we'll probably see Dead Space 2 remake. Mm-hmm. I honestly, like, I don't think, I don't know that there's a capacity for these big AAA studios to to do something different to expand their existing stories and universe. I just, I don't think they want to do it. I so. refuse to believe that imagination has gone. Out of these companies. <laughs> well, that's, <I> <laughs> that's because where the I indies come at, in because they're making yeah. their vision. And these, these bigger companies, they're driven not by the gamers. They're driven by the publicly traded stocks. They're, they're catering to their stockholders because these are the things that, are going to make them money or or perceiving that they're going to make the most money by doing this game instead of something else. Good point. Let's call it a what if we call it the executive effect? If you <laughs> if you've got enough space in your company that you've got multiple executives enough dead space? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're on fire tonight. Holy cow. Um I think it's the executive effect. If you've got enough executives in your company or you're that big, that big to have more than three, then you're probably running into a situation that we're discussing right now, having these rehashes of old IPs, not giving anything innovative. Um, But then you have square, then you have square standing out as kind of the beacon of hope whenever it comes to some of this stuff. They're just living their best life right now. Like they really are. And they're making us live our best lives too. They really are. And they're, and they're innovating their games. Um, I'll always go back to the final fantasy series as we look at that as, as it's developed over time. And like, it's a change. Every (laughs) single iteration of final fantasy, every step of the way has been some sort of adjustment to move it forward in the JRPG genre. 
why why are there companies so afraid of this? What are we going to get from Mass Effect 4? Because if it's just going to end up being a rehash, what are we going to get from Mass Effect 4? What are we going to get from I um I think the only I think the only thing, and even Larian Studios, which isn't a huge studio, they had, of course, their Divinity, um, Divinity Original Sin series, and then they came out with Bounders Gate 3, and it changed Bounders Gate series, but it's not anything of a movement away from the Divinity series. It's very, they're very, very similar. So I don't know. Maybe it's tougher than what we think it is. I mean, I'm not a game developer, but yeah, there's right. got to there's got to be something out there. Somebody's, you know, somebody's sitting in your office somewhere that's got an idea, because indie developers are people, just like developers sitting in your big corporate corporations. Um, talk talk to your people, right? What ideas do they have that they're going to be able to bring? Yeah. Like, what did they been working on in their free time? Um, because they really got to start tapping the well here a little bit to try and figure out something other than throwing remakes at us all the mm -hmm. time or rehashing or something. I'm still pumped for Mass Effect 4, but we're probably going to run into a situation where it's not going to be much different from 3, you know? Yep. Yep. Find a way to just give the, the, the people what they want to put the fan service in and then just try and ride that to, to a paycheck. Mm -hmm. is what i'm afraid it's going to turn into so and it can be done we've seen it before in other other ways to make things successful ready player one um the movie is a great example of paying a whole bunch of fan service and driving that to have a decent story involved with it you know what i mean um it's possible it's totally possible to do battlefield 2042 innovating mm -hmm. multiplayer yeah. shooters yep, right there What's what's Halo got in store for us with Halo Infinite? We don't have much information. We haven't seen much. What are they going to be doing? Is it going to be this goofy power-up suits that they had before? Or are they going to like maybe take it back to the roots a little bit? What what do they got in mind? How are they going to shake things up? It's 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 an interesting time in gaming with all these rehashes, but mm -hmm. still great games to play. I'm not going to oh, lie. Yeah. Still yep. enjoying playing a lot of them. Yeah, it doesn't really take necessarily out of the fun factor of these games, right? You can sit down, they're playable, they're a good time, but you know, then, but maybe they don't necessarily like stick with you and be like, oh my God, this was the best game I played this year. Yep. Whereas we've been seeing that with indie games recently, because again, they're making their passion projects and they're just turning out absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's enough about EA. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing here in a second. I do want to point out that uh, sort of not, really a, a story necessarily but just something i want to throw out there because we love gdq we just had a uh an episode that focused a lot on gdq well i want to let you know if you missed it or if you just love speedrunning in general uh esa the european speedrun assembly uh has their summer event happening this week as of the the, the date of this recording so uh, as of today, they have a pre-show going. They're doing a speedrun of Persona 5. Somehow they managed to take a 115 to 120 hour game and condense it into 15 hours. So under that's pretty 16, impressive. It, yeah, under 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. They're aiming for. It's, it, yeah. So, wow, that just blows my mind just thinking about that. But 
Uh, so then Saturday is going to be like the official start of the event. It's going to run for seven days, like these speed run, running marathons do. And it's it, every, all the money that they, they raise is to benefit, save the children. So if you like speed running, if you like games, if you like donating to, to worthy charities, go check it out, go, go catch some, some speed runs, donate for the children. Uh, they do have, if anyone's having trouble getting a PS5, their their major prize of the week is a PS5. So if you donate cumulatively throughout the event at least $50, you will be entered into the running to win a PlayStation 5 with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. So uh, if you, again, donating gets you in the running for that. So... It's for a good cause, and you maybe get a PS5 out of it. Yeah, Plus, it's, it's just fun. It, it's just a lot of fun. Again, if you like GDQs, you're going to like ESA. It's a great time. Have you seen, did you take a look at the schedule by any chance? No, I That's keep meaning to, and I, I keep forgetting to do it. It's just been kind of a kind of a busy week, and I haven't had really time to sit down and, and look at the schedule. Oh, it, I'm in the same, same boat. But I'm, I'm sure... Watching it all week long oh yeah like it just like gdq if i'm awake it's gonna be on (laughs) which is kind of a bummer because uh the olympic games started today as well and uh i kind of want to watch that too you want to talk about being out of touch with stuff i have no idea the olympics are starting today yeah the uh end in gaming news the opening ceremony oh yeah packed packed with gaming music Mm -hmm. like Video game music for all the opening ceremony, basically. There are different countries coming into Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy and Nier, like all Chrono kinds Trigger. of crazy. Yeah, Chrono Trigger. Um, I can't wait to go back through because I I feel like we had a video posted up in the Kingdom Discord. I'm going to go back through and, and watch the opening ceremonies this evening after recording and and just, you know get all the feels from the game music i'm super excited for it yeah they did they did a really great job so some other things just to kind of touch on this super quick um they had a a drone display so it was like 1500 drones or something floating up in the air rotating um to to be the globe the the earth essentially and and you could see their distinction with the land masses that form the continents and you you know because they the all the drones had lights on them It, it was it was absolutely incredible. Like the the technology and the planning that would go into making that happen, I'm sure is just unreal. And it looked fantastic. The other thing I want to point out is, uh, so when you, when you see the, you know, if you're watching, you usually see at the, you know, the, the lower third of your screen, it shows the event and there's a little picture that goes along with it, you know, kind of like a stick figure looking person. Um, well, what they did is they had someone live on, on the stage kind of dressed as like that stick figure person acting out each of these, these little pictograms and they were switching. There's like 50 of them, 50 pictograms. And they just like flipped from one to another, to another. And there were other, you know, there were other, uh, you know, people in these outfits that were engaged in that as well. And it was just, it was so well done. It was, it, it was quite a sight. <laughs> it was really cool. I highly recommend checking that out. You know, it's only a couple minutes long, but yeah, it, it was, probably be the drone shows are pretty crazy yeah got a saints row speed run on i feel like it's really super early in the morning like three o'clock in the morning maybe Mm. 80 percent saints row 
Yeah, the the um the drones, I feel like they had them last winter Olympics, maybe. Is that Sochi? Um I feel like they had the drones at Sochi. They've been having them for a bit now. Uh, these these kind of coordinated drones doing the light shows up in the sky instead of like a fireworks display or something. Yeah, no, this 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 one was really it was dope though. It, it looked really great. Um. So anyway, ESA, go check that out. Donate. Check out speed runs. Enjoy. Let's talk about what we've been playing. I'm gonna start. I'm going to talk about stuff and then I'm going to let you do your thing and, and, and then you can run into the, the big thing that we've both been playing. So, sure thing. uh, so mostly for me, the, the main thing I want to mention here is death's door. Oh, and also power washing simulator. I think I talked about it last time or last episode, power washing simulator, fantastic game. Uh, it's in early access still. But there is a beefy amount of content in there. There's a lot of things to power wash. There's uh, upgrades to buy with the money that you earn from completing the jobs. So I, I finally wrapped up all the content in that game. It took me. It actually took me a while to do. There's plenty of content there. You're not, you know, you're not going to run out of things super quick like you do with, you know, maybe some other uh, early access games. But yeah, so I finished that. Really great. Uh, but then Death Store, I was I've been playing that. I played a little bit on stream this week. I've played a little bit off stream, uh, just because my my streams are probably gonna be a little infrequent coming up soon as well. So I didn't want to miss playing out on this game. So I've been playing a little off off stream, and this game is a treat. This is this is an example of an indie game that's they they're making their their passion project, and it's and it's freaking phenomenal. They've made one other game that I know about. It was called Titan Souls, which was actually really, really cool, too. And there was a really neat concept to that game. But I never finished that one, but it, it was really neat. I recommend checking it out. But Death's Door is just this is a next level indie game, in my opinion. It is if you're familiar with Hyper Light Drifter, that is the closest thing that I can sort of compare it to. Um. If you're not familiar with that, the the next closest thing is that it's kind of like a, you know, if you kind of think about like top down Zelda, right? Like Link to the Past or Link Between Worlds, sort of like that, but like harder. Um, there is, you know, like currency that you earn. There's, um, you know, permanent upgrades that you acquire that give you um, like new weapons, movement abilities. Um, things of that nature, things that are going to open up other paths. So it's kind of like that, you know, classic Zelda style where you get uh, an item in a dungeon and then suddenly you can go and you can use that in the, in other areas to open up secrets and what, what have you. So it's, it's kind of Zelda like in that, in that point, but just a, a fairly challenging Zelda. I think for me, the challenge has been pretty, been pretty good it's been a little on the easy side for me um but i am at a point where it's starting it's starting to ramp up a little bit not overly challenging that i don't think it would be inaccessible for people to play i consider it a a good amount of challenge but your mileage may vary it's a great game though the music is fantastic you're playing as a crow with a sword and other various weapons that you pick up which is kind of fun the the aesthetic is great. If I didn't mention it, I'm gonna mention it again. The music is just some of the the best 
music I've heard in a game in a little while. Um, definitely a, a top tier soundtrack. This is a game that I hope legitimately hope is in the conversation for game of the year at the end of the year. I don't know necessarily that it will be, but I do know that it is reviewing very well. And in my opinion, I, I, I would review it very well because it's very good. I can't wait to play through more, finish it up, see all what it has to offer. It's not a roguelike game. You might sort of get vibes from that at first when you, when you look at it, it's not that. It, it, there is a start, there's a finish, there's the things in between. It is not a roguelike, which I think is, which I think is nice. Like not everything that plays this way needs to be a roguelike. You know, if a game is, is designed to be challenging and kill you a lot, it doesn't need to be a roguelike. And this is a perfect example of that. Um, and it's just been, you know, it's just been so much fun. And it's, it's kind of one of those games that when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it and I want to play it. So I, I definitely look forward to that, but I was, I I've been sidetracked with another game, which you're going to lead us into here in a little bit, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to mention power wash simulator and death store, and then, um, we'll get into the other one. So why don't you go ahead with, with what you got? Yeah. So of course, final fantasy 14 as my main, uh, main area that I create content around, uh, the make it rain event, uh, started this week, which is the event that allows you to make more coins gambling and oh my gosh has it been fun like i don't think i've ever spent more time in the gold saucer than i have this week and there's so much to do like i i used to scoff i just used to go in and do my scratch offs you know play casually like i am such a filthy casual with this game is ridiculous and nobody believes me but i used to just go in do my scratch offs pick up my jumbo cag pot and beat feet out of there you know um but spending a significant amount of time in there, just like pretty much anything else with 14, um, you discover things, you discover fun things. The one thing that we've that really sticks out to me with the Gold Saucer is Chocobo Racing. Chocobo Racing has been an absolute blast. Um, I've gotten the community involved with it. We've built out full parties and we've gone in and raced our Chocobos and made it. We have this, we have this huge like um, we have beef going on right now with another community. So it's the kingdom versus uh, Clota Linaria's cabbage patch. And we all go in and Chocobo race against each other and we trash talk and, and just have a really great time doing it. Um, apparently there's Chocobo breeding, which I'm going to get into to make a better race Chocobo um, because right now Fiery Moon is not having fun carrying my fat ass. Uh, I need something somebody a little bit stronger. So we're going to look into look into some breeding. Um, of course, triple triad is always there and I've done some triple triad tournaments, uh, came in first place a couple times. Like I'm actually a really good triple triad player, it seems. Um, so I'm going to kind of hang my hat on that a little bit. And then because the, the tournaments that are there, I'm not talking like the week long tournaments. I'm talking like you and, uh, seven other people. So basically a full party go into a tournament with one another and you do, um, a round of four and whoever comes out with the most points after that tournament is done ends up winning first place in the major prize. So I went in and did, did a couple of those this week and came out with some, some nice cards, some great MGP payoff. The other thing that I started doing is actually trying with the, um, what is it? It's like the, the fashion report. Um, the fashion report is probably one of the easiest ways to make a whole bunch of MGP. Dude, you made bank on that. That was crazy. Right? So like per week, you're looking at with the bonus that's involved with make it rain right now, you're looking at earning 
close to I want to say what was it? It was like it was like fifteen thousand plus the eighty, so like nine almost a hundred k mog uh mog coins or whatever the Manderville Gold Saucer points or whatever they call them, the MGPs. Um, just off that one thing alone, and it literally took me what fifteen minutes to get dressed and go and do it. So, um. I'll be doing that every week now. I'm going to try and get 100 on one of my outfits at some point in time during the event just because I, I apparently get a title and maybe some bonus bonus MGPs or something like that. But um, yeah, like that's been interesting to dabble into. And then the other one too is the Verminion Battle Arena. So if you collect minions and you're looking for a way to make some MGP in a pretty fun way and you're a fan of RTS games go and check out Verminion Battle Arena, where basically you just take your minions into battle and they fight other minions to take over points and destroy uh, pylons for the enemy team and whoever does it wins. Um, very simple concept, but a ton of fun. Uh, you don't have to... Ah, bummer. I can't use that anymore. This feels wrong. <laughs> no more of that. Uh, you don't have to build any more... Um, um, silos to build more units or anything like that you just got to make sure you have the points to be able to support that many that many uh, minions on the field but really interesting uh, mini game that's there um and of course all the gates there's just a lot of jump puzzles and um facing off against yojimbo and his gigantic bamboo and i can't beat him he always knocks me off the platform just a lot of really fun little mini games all week long i spent all week in there um and then I've also been playing, I mentioned it last week, Halo 5 and the Master Chief, Halo Master Chief Collection multiplayer. This week I did install all the other multiplayers that are available in Master Chief. And it's exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. It's a playlist through Halo 1 through Halo 4. And whenever you go into the multiplayer, you have a chance of getting any one of those games multiplayer maps. The only ones that seem to not hold up and keep a full party in are Halo 1s, because it's actually kind of god-awful. Uh, but Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo 4 all maintain full lobbies whenever you go in, and it has been so cool going back in time to these Halo games, while at the same time mixing in Halo 5 multiplayer, which kind of brings us into the modern era, because you have sprinting, and you have uh, you know sliding across the ground, kind of giving that... Given that uh, modern feel to to shooter, you know shooters as we know them. Um, so I've been really, really going at going at it with those ones. And Halo Five, I'm pretty good at, but the back in time games two, three, and four, I am I am terrible. But it's just so fun playing and on all the maps and everything. But I am I am god awful. So if you team up with me, expect me to be um, the weakest link. That's it. That's all. But Halo 5, bring me on in. I'll be happy to slap some noobs around with you because uh, it has been an absolute treat. And if you remember a while back, Adam, I was a little concerned about um, the teabag, right? Um, which is the little, the little dance that you do over somebody's body whenever you get done killing them. I haven't teabagged anybody, I'm proud to say. And that is a piece nice. of my... And it's a piece of my toxic gamer that I've successfully shelved. I still swear like crazy and get all hyped up and stuff whenever I play. Um, it would probably be funny to watch if I ever streamed it, but um, I'm not teabagging anybody. I'm pretty proud about that. 
then the real gem, the real gem this week. <laughs> a, a particular beta started um, for New World. And oh my gosh, this game. Um, what can I say about it? It's perfect. I, I love this MMO. Um, let's start. Actually, let's, let, it's not perfect. There's one thing that I wish was a little bit better, and that was the music. There is no mm -hmm, music. Mm -hmm, yep. It's, it's basically just ambient tunes. It's not even like you go onto Spotify and you pick out your favorite, you know, chill playlist or something or fantasy playlist or whatever to listen to. Like, it's not even that. Like, you basically just get some ambient tune of some kind. And even going into the dungeon and fighting a boss, there's no music to kind of build that moment for you. Um, so that's my one complaint about it is that there's just no music there. And then maybe my one other thing is maybe draw some of that, some of that level twi 25 content, maybe give us some of that down around like the 10, 15 range to give us something more to do as we're running about the, the early areas. Cause it would be cool to kind of start getting people into the, um, start getting them into the, the habit of going to world events and taking care of them as they're exploring. And that brings me to the highlight of New World, which is just walking around this, this environment. Um, the really cool thing that they've got 100% right in this is your standard MMO grind, which is part of the gathering crafting. Um, gathering is really great and interesting because anything you walk by, you can gather. So like if you walk by some tall grass, you can gather it. If you walk by a bush, you can gather it. If you walk by a tree and any tree, you can cut it down as long as you have certain levels to be able to accommodate that. So you're, you're leveling your skills. And as long as you level your, your gatherers to a certain point, you can literally gather everything. Um, the, the really cool thing to kind of accentuate this is I saw a huge tree and we're talking like one of those like you know, 10 foot wide or 10 foot diameter trunks, you know, five, 10 foot diameter trunks, just a humongous tree sitting in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, you know what? Sh surely this thing just has to be part of the world environment. This can't, you cannot chop this down, right? I walk over to it. You can chop it down. Like you can gather everything except the largest of cliffs. And that's it because there's boulders strewn all over the place that you can gather on. <clears throat> there's trees to chop down, there's plants to gather, there's animals to hunt. Hunting and fishing are probably one of my favorite things to do in the game because you can go fishing anywhere. You don't have to look for special nodes or anything like that. So you're fishing anywhere you want to. Um, while you're walking through the world, there's animals all over the place that you can go hunting. And all of this, all of this stuff that you're gathering up, you go back and you use one of the easiest, easiest but most interesting in the same way. So simplest, but but interesting still. Does that make sense? Uh, crafting UIs and everything that you've just got done to gathering, you basically just say, okay, look, let me look at my list. You pick what you want to gather out and it mass produces there within a couple seconds. So you're not going through any mini games and you're not going, you're not waiting for, you know, you're not waiting a couple minutes for certain things to be done crafting because you got it on a macro. Like it's, you find what you're going to make, set how many of you're going to make, craft it and boom, it's done. Um, there is some RNG involved, especially with gear, 
where there's certain things that you can do to um, make your chances of getting a good piece of crafted gear higher. Um, but there's still some RNG involved with like where your gear score is going to fall and things along those lines. It'll give you like a range. It could be 201 to 210. And then you can kind of do some, add in some particular things to increase the chances that it's going to be on the higher side of it with better chance of having some sort of um, enhancement be added to it. Um, I've been like, I got the, I just got the achievement. I think it was yesterday that I've put 20 hours into the game, at least this week. I think I'm after today I'm pushing, probably pushing close to 30 is where I'm at. Um, I just hit level 25 today. Uh, I've seen the dungeon at that level and I've done some of the world events and, and, and I haven't even explored half of what this game has to offer yet. I'm so, I'm so excited for full release. So excited. What'd you think so far? Yeah. Uh, so far I'm, I'm really liking it. It's like, like you said, I mean, part of the, the, the real joy of it is just walking through the land because you can just pick everything up. Like I've, so I, I have just under nine hours in on this game in the, in the beta and I think I've done more crafting and gathering in this than I've done in my entirety of Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't touch crafting and gathering in that at all. But this does it in a way that it's just it's so seamless. You don't need to like you said, there's no like mini games or rotations that you have to do to be able to collect the things that you're getting. You just need to have the tool that you need to be able to do it. So you have a pickaxe for for mining stuff. You have a, an axe for chopping trees. You have a little uh, sickle for harvesting herbs and and other, uh, you know, uh, plants and such. And you just always have it on you as soon as you get close to to the thing and you press the button uh, to try and harvest it. It just automatically uses that tool to do the job. And then you go back to town and you do your crafting. And it's it's just it's literally as simple as just going to to the bench of the thing that you're trying to use. And then uh, find find the item that you want to make out of your available recipes and then just hit the craft button. And if it's something you want to mass produce, you hit the little plus sign to to increase the amount and then you hit craft and then you make all the things and it's just that easy. So it's I like how user friendly it is in that regard. I also like that it's. Uh, it doesn't subscribe to the Holy Trinity as far as roles go. Like you don't have like your your tank and your healer and your DPS. You can sort of build yourself out that way if you want to. Like there is literally an item called a healing staff or a life staff or something like that that you mm-hmm. use to heal yourself and others. Um, and then there are in certain weapons there are skills that may have like a provoke feature to it that might make you more of a tank than than some of the others but really when you get down to it there's no there's no like classes you just sort of build your character however you want to like my main build right now is i have a a, because you can have two weapons and you can flop flip flop between them very easily and so I, i my build is is geared towards a rapier and then some sort of magic item, whether that be a fire staff or an ice gauntlet. I've been really liking the ice gauntlet. So that's been in there for, for the most part. But when you level up, you put your, your skills into like certain attributes, your strength, dexterity, like you have your classic attributes, 
but each attribute scales different weapons differently. And you kind of use that to, to sort of build out which weapons you want to focus on a little bit. And at least in the beta, you can respec pretty freely. So if you decide you want to do something different, you can. And you can change those weapons at any point. I said, like, when I say you have two weapons, that's just on you at that time. And then if I just open up my menu and all of a sudden, okay, I don't want to use the ice gauntlet anymore. I want to put a bow in there or the musket. I can do that. I, I, I equip that. And then I can flip flop between, you know, that and whatever, whatever weapon I have equipped. And they all feel good too. Like none of them feel like especially overpowered from the others. They all have very useful, active and passive abilities. Nothing that like uh, on the other side of things, I, I haven't really seen any abilities that I'm like, oh my God, like I feel like such like the biggest badass in the world with this ability. Like they're cool, but they're not like. They're not fancy looking. They're not to the same level that you'll get out of like Final Fantasy. Like you don't get the some of them have some pretty cool animations, but for the most part, they're pretty standard attacks and animations and and moves and and they're fine. They they get the job done. But combat itself is pretty fun, again, because these weapons all feel very good to use. Uh the enemies can be a little challenging to fight. I think even if I'm leveled above certain enemies some of them can still be pretty uh you know they they can still hold their own against me uh and then if you get tag teamed by enemies you can find yourself in in trouble real quick so um you you're not just going to go and just like slice something down in you know a second or two unless you're really over leveled from it but it it it's got a very big world uh, so if you like large worlds, this one definitely has it. I think you said in the beta, that's not even the full world. That's like maybe half mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. And it's huge. Like there's different regions. And in the in the the almost nine hours that I played, I didn't leave the region that I started in. Mm -hmm. And now granted, I could have. I was doing a lot of sort of like side because there's infinite amounts of side quests that not only give you experience and money, but they also, you know, they may have you uh hunting certain animals or uh gathering certain items or crafting certain items so just by doing side quests you're just naturally increasing those those crafting and gathering skills so if i were to just follow the like the main story quest or you know whatever you want to call it i would be out of my starting region and into another region by now i just haven't gotten there yet but yeah i mean so far everything i've seen i'm i'm pretty drawn into it i want to play more but but then I realize this is still a beta. Everything's going to get wiped. Uh, all the progress I've I've made so far is going to get removed and I'm going to have to start over anyway. So I'm trying not to put in too much time to the point that when I get back to this, when it launches, that I'm going to be like, you know what? I don't feel like going through all this again. So I'm just so I'm, I'm kind of forcing myself to stop now um, so that I'm I'm still ready and excited for it when it does launch. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot out of this beta. Um, so, like, I definitely get that feeling that you don't want to proceed any further. I totally understand it because there's a little part of me that's kind of like, okay, have I, I, I like I just want to sample everything. In the preview, I saw a lot of the world. I got to see more of the world than what what I did now. Um, just to kind of give you an idea on the change of amount of stuff there is to do between the preview and the beta is in the beta, I very quickly found myself in the 30s. 
uh, and actually starting to put my toe to the line on some of the, I guess what you could call the end game areas. Um, so getting close to going into those, there were no dungeons or anything to do at the time. There were no expeditions or anything. It was literally just like kind of what we're doing now without the, um, without the expeditions waiting for us, which are the dungeons. Um, and and story like the the main story quest really wasn't there the um the board itself that is the piece that they i feel like that they've put a lot of effort into testing is going to be what the task board has to offer you and how it works in the world and what it does to develop a, a particular faction's influence because there's going to be three factions uh there is a large pvp element that is added into this game as well and pvp is basically just taking your combat that you're doing out in the wilds and putting it up against other players uh, for control of these territories. I am set and scheduled to be in a war tomorrow evening. I'm on the on the bench, so to speak, is what they call it. So I don't know if I'll actually get into it. Uh, but basically what happens in these PvP events is one faction rises to an, have enough influence in a region that they make an attack upon the current faction that's in control. So what ends up going down is a, I want to say it's a 24 versus 24, maybe? Four teams of six. I think it's four teams of six on each side. And you go into the fort for that particular region and a battle unfolds. The team that currently has position or the faction that currently has control gets the control of the fortress so they can build up defenses and everything like that. And then the team that's attacking has to kind of assault the fort. And it's a point control situation um so like the attacking faction first has to take control of points outside the fort and then after they do that then it moves to making an assault on the fort and controlling points and that sort of thing so it's got that feel to it uh because i did do one back in the preview so there's a lot of testing going on on the pvp right now there's a lot of testing on the influence from the from the board and then also having the main story now to kind of follow and quest along with is is really nice and the really nice thing about the quest too is it you complete them just through natural movement through the environment. Uh, it's like Adam was saying, like you're you're um, culling certain animals that have that their populations gotten out of control, or you're gathering a particular resource. Um, you're as you're moving through the environment to go to your next point of interest. You're kind of doing all that stuff naturally, so you end up taking care of these side quests. You know just in in sort of a a regular jaunt through the world um and it like the grind is there but it doesn't feel like a grind it just feels like it's happening as you're progressing which is really great um now here's here's a question for you because you've been dogging me about my it's a souls type <laughs> because you don't feel it's a souls type so here's here's the one thing i would say is give the game one more try go in one day Treat it like it is a Souls type in your combats. It's going to change how you feel because the enemies are challenging. Mm -hmm. If you're going up against enemies and you think that you're just going to hack and slash this thing like it's an action RPG, you're going to go through a lot of consumables. Yep. But if, if you go in like it's a Souls type, that this monster that's right in front of you is going to be able to kill you in three hits like they can, and you start using your block ability and your dodge you're going to get that feel that I'm saying it's kind of soulsy because you've got to use those things, especially whenever you get into your world events or your dungeons. That's where the souls element comes in because you've got to be a lot more methodical and strategic about your movements and motions 
to be able to be successful in these fights, similar to what you would in a Souls type. Um, so minus the Souls type and what I said about the combat and the dungeons and the world events, what are some comparisons that you would draw from previous games to kind of give listeners a feel of what they're going to look forward to in New World? Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the biggest things you can draw to is is maybe something like Skyrim. Um, I think that's a big one. That's probably the one I would say maybe the most. It, it just you know think like third person Skyrim. Um, ESO would be another one, but I mean another Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> so I'd say Elder Scrolls just in general is probably a big influence. Um, maybe even a little Fantasy Star Online. So if you think like, you know, obviously that's very like sci-fi and like technology and all that. But if you if you kind of take that and like scale it down to more like medieval high fantasy, uh, it, it feels a lot like that to me. So, again, you know, ESO, Fantasy Star Online, the two MMOs right there and then take Skyrim. Now, the one thing I will say when you compare it to something like Skyrim and you know, at the very top of your screen, you sort of have like your your uh, your horizontal compass, right, with all your objectives and everything. And instead of having, you know, your main quest marker and then just general like uh, waypoint markers, this actually numbers your quests. So when you look on the right side of your screen, you see all your quests in a list. You have, you know, it it numbers them one, two, three, four, five, six. And up in your compass, your your little horizontal compass that you see up there, and when you turn around, the little things move across it. Those have your numbers there, so you know which quest you're you're heading towards when you're walking through. You can easily look up on your compass, see which number you're heading to. Look over on the right side of your screen, see the one that it corresponds to on your list, and know that that's where you're going. And I think that is a a really nice sort of quality of life improvement over something like mm. Skyrim. You know exactly where you're heading. I think that's great. I think that is a nice little thing that that goes a long way. Yeah, the that also will give you the distance that you are away mm. from yeah. whatever task it is. So let's say quest number three is a little bit closer than quest number one, because usually quest number one is your MSQ, and that can be a kilometer and a half away. Mm -hmm. So you can look at three and say, okay, that's 400 away, so let me go and do that, and then you can go off to the next quest. So it gives you the distances on it. It also updates as you level your skills. So my gathering, my mining, and my... My gathering and mining are the two biggest ones. Uh, hunting also became one as well, the tracking and, tracking and skinning. Um, as you level those skills up, your compass will update with where those where particular versions of those resources may be. So like, let's say, for instance, one of my board quests that I got from town is to craft 90 iron ingots. Well, I'm going to need a whole lot of iron. But then the other one that I got is hunt and kill 20 boar. And then also another one that I got is craft some coarse leather. So I've got all these all these gathering, crafting quests and and hunting quests all kind of tied up together. So as I go out into the world, basically what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be looking at my little compass to see if there's any bore around, if there's any mining nodes around, or if there's um, um, any other animals to get leather off of, to get their skins off of. And as I level my skills up, more and more stuff shows up on that. Uh, so I was on the hunt for some uh, what's called moats, which is kind of just like a magical element that you'll use in crafting. I was on the lookout for some moats. 
and they show up in my compass as different symbols. So I know that whenever those different symbols come up, I know which element motes I'm going to be finding from the particular plant that's around me. So you don't have a mini map per se at all, actually. There's zero mini map, but you've got this really nice detailed compass to kind of guide you on where you're going to be heading to in the world. Um, and then, of course, all the fun new stuff that you end up finding. And you just get into this habit of like, oh, well, here's here's some her here's some herbs. I'm going to go and pick those real quick. And then you go off and it's like, OK, let me hunt some of these animals because here's a big pack of them. I can get some grinding done here. Oh, a lake and or, or a river. Let me catch a couple fish. And and then you get all this stuff and you fill up your pack with 200 pounds worth of stuff. And it's like, how did this happen? And then <laughs> <laughs> then you get back to town, you throw it all in your storage because you have one main storage that holds everything that you can access from your crafting tables and you craft it all up. Now, we've been talking a lot about gathering and crafting. Is that all there is? No. But the really cool thing about gathering and crafting is that it feeds your main experience bar. You stay. Yep. You can stay relevant in the combat world by leveling through gathering and crafting. So a gathering crafter can level up just as much as somebody who is going out running combat events, whether it's PvP or or the world events that they have available. You can like it. It's just got this feel that you can be whoever you want in this MMO, and it feels really good. I like you said, I've I've not gathered in I've done gathering in 14. It's a really cool, chill time. I've always really enjoyed it because uh, it has feels to this, you know, it, other than dealing with finding the nodes that you can actually gather from in 14. They're still very similar. It, it's that element that it's easy to do. Um, but the crafting just is so simple. It's just a real delight to work with. And I've done more crafting in this game than I have in any other MMO um, and even single player game that has had crafting in it in the past. I've done more in this than any other game with crafting in it. I already feel it because it makes it easy to level up um, and there's plenty of it to do. But at the same time, I'm running up to massive world events, crushing big monsters, swinging my huge Warhammer coming back to town with 200 pounds worth of stuff plus some new gear and i just feel accomplished after a visit out into the world for a half hour there's just so much to do there um and like i said the only thing that i would love to see is just something down in that 10 to 15 range to get us involved in world events uh to fight more of the corruption those sort of things i would love to see that kind of thing get added i don't know how they could do it because there's a certain game mechanic through the main story that you have to get your hands on first um, but I would just, I would just love to see it kind of be drawn into, uh, drawn into those lower levels a little bit to, to make that a little bit more than just running from point to point as often as you do in the main story. Right on. Yeah. It's uh it's a lot of fun releases on August 31st, full release there. Uh, you can, if you pre-order on steam, you can get access to the beta if that's something that you're interested in doing. Um, but yeah, again, full release will be on August 31st. Again, if you do play the beta, nothing carries over into the main game. So just keep that in mind. But, uh, it, as far as pricing goes, it was $40. So it's, it's not even the same as like a, a full price game, but just playing the beta, like I said, I've, I've already got nine, almost nine hours in. You said you have what, like 20 some hours in. Yeah. I push it 30 now. Yep. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You're going to get a ton of content out of this game for 40 bucks. So, because I didn't, I didn't even beat the first dungeon yet. Uh, I got in it, 
and we got through it and we got to the last boss and the last boss actually just wiped the floor with us about four times we kept trying <laughs> but we just could not do it we couldn't get a handle on everything that was going on nobody could actually stand up to him um because we just weren't geared and ready for it it's a it was a challenging it was a challenging fight and that's where the souls is that's where the souls lake is happening because you've got that you know dodge out of the way block whenever you need to block making sure you're watching your stamina picking the right times to kind of step away and quaff a potion wait for cooldowns all that sort of stuff it's just a really really nice battle sequence that was going on in there i wish we could have won so i could tell you about rewards and stuff but um what i can tell you is that world events also drop level scaled gear so let's say you're in a team, they are recommended level 25, but you're in a team of four 22s. You can go in and clear a world event very easily um, and you will get a loot box scaled to your level with a good piece of loot, either um, uh, green or blue, whatever those are. Is, what is it? Common and Common and rare, I think is what they are for green and blue, right? Am I right on that? Uh, so green is uncommon. Uncommon. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a lot of blue stuff yet, so I'm not sure. Probably rare, though. That seems like that would it be is. It It is rare, yeah. Because uh, I've gotten a couple blue pieces. They haven't been good enough to replace my greens for some reason. That's the only thing <laughs> that really yeah. confuses me. And some of my rare stuff that I've gotten hasn't been good enough to replace. But I'm also a single-minded hammer, hammer wielder. So like a lot of the blue swords and stuff, I just ended up trashing or, or salvaging yeah um hammer's so much fun it's so good uh weapons will be what melee like two-handed weapons will be your hammer and great axe uh and spear uh your ranged is bow and musket the musket's really cool um you've got your fire and life staff plus your ice gauntlet for your magics and then you have sword and shield hatchet what am I rapier doing? rapier and is there one other one i feel like that one has i'm watching colt diggity maybe he'll go into the menu <laughs> and then the crafting is weapon smithing armoring engineering jewel crafting arcana which is potion making and staff making magic staff you have cooking as well cooking is very useful you can make some really mm -hmm. great foods to kind of buff you whenever you go out into the world 25 minute 30 minute um uh, timers on those Increasing luck for gathering, increasing your your stats, your attributes, whatever it may be. Um, very robust, robust MMO. So if you're an MMO fan um, and you've been looking for something to just kind of like maybe fill the void while we're in this while we're in this lull till Endwalker in 14 or you've been burned by this Blizzard shenanigans and you're looking for something new, um, New World may be that place for you. It's a really nice, relaxing, chill, fun um, adventure. Full-blown adventure. So good. MSQ's not too bad either. Nice. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Um, plenty of reasons to to check it out. I mean, there's a ton of people streaming it too. So if you're uh if you you want to see more, um, Steven, you've been streaming it. I streamed a little bit. A lot of people streaming it right now. So uh really easy to get some some looks at the game if you want to see what it what it's all about uh i i did realize that i forgot to mention a game in in what i've been playing and that's super liminal uh which is a perspective per perception based puzzle game 
And uh, so I played through that. It was only about four hours long. I think I, I actually completed it in a little under four hours. So for those that like puzzle games or, or something similar to, say, like Portal, uh, this would be a good fill-in for that. Short, It's a short experience, so you're not going to have to spend like It's not a huge time investment. It's definitely worth playing. I, I kind of expected it to be a little bit more in-depth than what it was. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't super difficult. It was pretty easy to get, like pretty easy to get through the, the puzzles weren't overly challenging, but yeah, I, I finished that up in a little, little under four hours and I'd say it was a pretty good time. Uh, if they, if they make another one, I'd like to see it, you know, uh, there were some puzzles that were certainly more interesting than others. And if they do another one, I would like to see some of those like more, uh, more interesting puzzles show up rather than just, okay, I made this thing big and now I can do this thing, or I made this thing small and now I can do this, but overall pretty enjoyable. Uh, so I, I would, I would recommend it for those that are into games like that. So, uh, we do have a question of the week, but we forgot to put it in discord, so we don't have any answers to it. So we're going to run it for a second week in a row here and, uh, hopefully remember to actually put it in there. But last week we talked about the switch OLED model and the uh, valve steam deck coming out. And we were just curious, do you plan on getting one? Uh, you know, do you plan on getting the switch OLED? Do you plan on getting the steam deck? Do you plan on getting both or do you plan on getting neither? Uh, we'd love to hear that. So uh, make sure to join the discord invite.gg slash games are fun. And uh, you know, again, you can answer the question or, you can just interact with us on there. You can squad up with us. We talk about non-video game related things too. I know football's coming up. If anyone's into fantasy football, we do talk fantasy football in there as well. Food, we share our pets, uh, all the things. So come join us there. It's a good time. Uh, Steven, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Though I mentioned TikTok's going to be taking a back seat for this next week. Um, at Lordly King S. And I'll be playing um, New World Monday and Tuesday. So if you are interested to check it out, stop on by 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I'll be live with that game and doing some of the um, world events and dungeon content. All right. And you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram at AdamPalooza85. Again, my Twitch may be a little inconsistent over the next few weeks, but I'm sure uh, I'll still be on Twitter. I do sometimes put things on Instagram, but it's a little less frequently, but yeah, you can find me on those platforms. You can follow the podcast twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast. We do like to try and do some live streams in there. Again, this one just, we had some technical issues. Didn't really work out. Uh, Twitter.com slash games are fun pod. Again, the discord invite is invite.gg slash games are fun. Uh, you can search us on YouTube for Games Are Fun Podcast. Check out our, our page. Give us a subscription. We'd really appreciate it. And and yeah, so those, there you can follow us. You can follow the, the podcast. Really appreciate y'all hanging out with us here and, uh, you know, just kind of listening to us rant and rave about some things and enjoy video games. And we will see you all again shortly with another episode um, and just a preemptive thank you to steven for uh you know the next coming weeks where he's going to be kind of taking the helm unless you know luke jumps back in or whatever but uh yeah so again i'm looking forward to to kind of being a listener for a little bit but also i'm going to be really excited for when i can come back in and uh host some episodes again but thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next oh 
So does does this mean that I can I can graduate from intern finally? Can I can I be full blown co host or are we still we still on the intern <laughs> situation? We'll see how you do. Okay, you gotta you gotta prove it. <laughs> you gotta prove it. <laughs> All right, we, we will catch you all later. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.